I just didn't know whether I was introing or you were introing. I didn't check before we started, but now I see it's me. We should keep that in. <laughs> I might. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And <laughs> I'm sorry. We're keeping all of this. I don't feel like restarting. <laughs> Okay, well, you have to keep it in now because now we're, like, laughing while we're talking and they need context. Um, and today we're talking about Herbology and Professor Sprout, the best head of house there is. Wow. Bold claim. Bold claim. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Wow. I don't know why we just got in a weird mood. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... It's been a minute since we podcasted. Bear with us. Um, Yeah, it really has. Announcements. A huge thank you to our patron of the week, the episode, Malaya. Um, Thank you for all of your support. You are a true fan. I'm going to call you a fan, even though I don't like using that word, but you're a fan. She's been there since day one. She's been she's been hanging around for a while now, yeah. and we really appreciate it. I am a fan of Leia as well. That is all. I am also a fan of Leia. Both the princess variety and Leia are fan variety. <laughs> Maybe they're the same person. Honestly, <laughs> never know. Anyway, um, speaking of Patreon, we have some some housekeeping things. So, tiers are now available, thanks to the fact that we now have seven patrons. Less than 50% of them are related to Katie. (laughs) (laughs) The ratio is getting better. (laughs) So, yeah, if you haven't checked out our Patreon in a while, you totally should, because now tiers are available, so there's a whole bunch of new perks. Um, I'm actually going to add one before I put this episode up. So you should go check out the perks. You can, our tiers are named after OWL grades, so you can become any of the passing grades. We're not going to give you a failing grade if you're giving us money because that feels mean. (laughs) Can you imagine? But if you guys want like us to add a really high tier that's troll, I feel like that would be kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you give us like $100 a month, you can become a troll patron and we'll think of a great perk. (laughs) You can just be a host of the podcast. I'll give yeah, you my just job. Take over the podcast. <laughs> you can edit for us. Oh my god! Please, JK. We would have to pay somebody to yeah, do that. that. Would be the reverse. Um, so the other thing, it's great for new new people to go check out our Patreon. But also, if you're already a patron, you need to go check out your Patreon profile. Um, look at your settings for your, how you're paying us. And make sure that you actively, like, join a tier. So right now, for example, if you were paying us $5 and then I set up the tiers, um, there is a $5 tier, but you wouldn't have automatically joined it. It won't let me put you in that tier. This is just a Patreon thing. Um, You have to go in and, like, click 
join tier on the homepage of our podcast. So that way you officially join the tier and you get the perks associated with that tier. Otherwise, you won't get those additional perks. Um, just the way Patreon works, I wish I could just assign you to your tiers, but please go do that. Um, I have messaged some people on Patreon, but not everyone because I didn't feel like sending the same thing. And it's mostly important for the people who um, are in higher tiers and can like access more perks now. Um, so yeah, please yeah, go do that. It's mainly the extra episode because you have to be a part of that tier to have access to that RSS feed for the extra episode a month if you're part of a tier that includes that. Um, so that's like what it's most important for. Yes. Thank you for saying that more succinctly. <laughs> Also, a real big pro of becoming a patron now is that one of the perks, if depending on what tier you want to join, is an extra episode a month. And we have some really fun ideas planned for that. We won't go into too much detail, um, but something I'm really excited for and that we've kind of, kind of had planned for a while now is we'd love to break down chapters just because some chapters are just so good. I want to like have an episode dedicated to just that chapter. So those are going to be the format of that extra episode a month. And we'd love any feedback, any chapters that you guys want us to talk about as well. So yeah, get excited for that. Definitely. Do you want to do the next announcements? Yeah. So speaking of extra episodes, so by now September has ended. So our giveaway, like the entry to our giveaway has ended. If you did enter our giveaway though... Thank you so much for doing that, first of all. And second of all, we're recording the podcast to answer all of those questions later this week as of date of release. So we're going to shoot, as of right now, it is penciled in to be Thursday, October 15th recording. in the evening. Yeah, for the record date. The reason why the record date is important is because we are going to be going live on Instagram while we're recording that episode. So you guys can watch what it's like kind of for us to record an episode. And we're going to be drawing the winner live during the recording. So set your calendar, set a timer, or I guess an alarm, not really a timer, um, to join us on Thursday. A timer for like Thursday. 48 hours. No, way more than 48 hours. Well, oh, wait, from the release. They're not listening yeah, right. to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so get ready for that. Like I said, October 15th. I think we're thinking tentatively between 6 and seven, or six and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for starting to record. And I think we're probably we're going to record the intro live, the picking of the winner, and maybe a few questions live and then we'll go back to just recording as we normally do and you'll have to wait for the rest of the episode to come out on October 20th so that is the date that the bonus episode is going to be released on I had to give myself a date or else I would procrastinate forever (laughs) for editing so it's on the record books I told you I told you all it was going to come out on the 20th so we have to make sure that it's edited by the 20th okay good job Katie now do you want to do your little self-promotion 
sure. Also, um, sorry, my life has been crazy busy the past two weeks, having nothing to do with the podcast that I'm going to talk about slash the podcast you're listening to. So I haven't had a chance to really talk about this before, but I did start a new podcast. Um, It is with my sister and it's called The Great Movie Podcast and it's all about Disney movies. So if you're a big Disney fan like I am, I recommend it I guess um I recommend it go check it out (laughs) thank you thank you there's only one episode out right now and I think it is it's gonna be a similar format to this um because obviously I this is how I'm used to recording podcasts but I do think it is gonna be a little bit more not as not maybe not as organized isn't the right word but my sister and I are gonna do it like a little bit more free form like we're going to record episodes when we have time and release them when we have time kind of thing. Um, we're going to try and stick to a schedule, but it should be really fun. I love talking about Disney. I love going to Disney. It is one of my two great passions in life. And now I have a podcast for both of them. So <laughs> I've peaked, honestly. Yeah, I fully support and want you guys to do well. And I want everyone to go listen to the Great Movie Podcast. Um, you can decide... Mm-hmm. If you like Rebecca better than me, it's fine. <laughs> if, like, you really like that podcast better, I guess Rebecca can also take my spot on this one. <laughs> I'm really offering up my spot a lot. <laughs> Rebecca is also a very big uh, Harry Potter fan, so. Yeah. Honestly, maybe you want to see a podcast with Rebecca and Audrey on it. Like, maybe you don't yeah, even what need if me we in just your life, and that's Katie. fine, too. The, the yeah, reason... Rebecca could just replace the Harry Potter podcast. The reason I want people to listen to this podcast, the Great Movie Pod, is because I want people to decide which sister they like better. Oh, okay. And then... I thought you were going to say decide which one was older, because we talked about that in the podcast. Yeah. See if people could guess. Do you think that you could have guessed who is older? Or I mean, you already no. knew. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, because I think that you kind of gave it away a little bit. Yeah, we did talk about like movies yeah. that we enjoy, and I think that did yeah. add some context. But anyways. <laughs> anyway, go listen to their podcast. Um, it's great. I listened to the first episode, and I really enjoyed it. And I don't think Thank it was you. just because. I know you. I'm not the, like, <laughs> I grew up with Disney, but not at all in the sense that you two did. And I enjoyed, like, hearing your hot takes on things. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Back uh, to Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Also, if, in case you forgot, because it's been such a long time since I announced this episode, I also did not have, like, a funny little intro piece of. I don't know. I didn't say anything in context of what the episode is about, but it's about Herbology and Professor's Brow. Right. So this is kind of the second of our subject series, but we didn't really think there'd be enough to do Herbology on its own. It's a lot less controversial than Transfiguration. (laughs) And also there's not really enough to talk about Professor Sprout on her own. So we're merging them together because you can't have one without the other really. So... Honestly, yeah, they're they're inextricable. inextricable. <laughs> so what that word is the first uh, half or whatever pr- portion of the episode is going to be about herbology, and then the second portion is going to be about Professor Sprout, kind of in like the format of a character episode, but 
we have way less information, so a lot shorter. Yeah, we know, like, nothing about Professor Sprout. It kind of made me sad. I was kind of looking forward to, like, finding some fun I thought we were going to find some fun stuff, but yeah, not that much. Not the case. So, not a fun episode. Have This is going to be so boring. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> just turn it off now. Just shut it off now. Go listen to the Great Movie <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> okay. Um. So general information on herbology um in case you didn't know it's the study of magical and mundane plants and fungi i thought it was interesting that it included mundane but um i think that's the case just because like there are some things like plants in the magical world that are like also in the muggle world and they might not be like magical plants but when you use them for like potions and stuff then they like have a magical property so The, like, main uses of herbology, I kind of broke up into ingredients for potions and medicine. So, like, mandrakes, which I guess are obviously magical on their own. But um, when you play, like, the some of the Harry Potter games and stuff, like, some of the potion ingredients are, like, ginger root and, like, yeah. muggle things. Um, so there's, like, that category of ingredients for potions and medicine. And then you have, like, the other use is, like, not really a use, I guess, but, like, magical plants in general that, like, can be dangerous or can be used for protection or, um, the, like, so, like, devil snare is something that you don't use it for potions, but it, it serves a function, I guess, like, Sprout uses it to serve a function, um, in Sorcerer's Stone. And then also, just, like, in the muggle world, this subject would be called botany, so it's the magical equivalent of botany, with the greenhouses and the plants and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, So now I'm going to talk about herbology kind of in the context of Hogwarts. We're going to talk, the next section is when we're going to talk about all the instances that we see herbology use or lessons at Hogwarts, but this is just going to be kind of like overall information. So it is one of the core courses that students have to take for the first five years that they're at school. One of the, when I was like looking at stuff like for this episode, one of the things that it said is that first years have herbology lessons three days a week. Yeah. Which seems like a lot because like, honestly, we've talked about this, I think in the Transfiguration episode, but like the Hogwarts schedule makes no sense. Oh my God, it's Um, so stressful to me. (laughs) (laughs) um because they have they talk about like they have a morning period and an afternoon period so it kind of makes it seem like they only have two classes a day but like that's not the case I don't know anyways so I think that first years have herbology three times a day or three times a day three times a week which I don't see that going down for a second year I would like if anything I would see the frequency of your classes going up um, but I don't know. It's held in the green greenhouses, and there are multiple greenhouses, and the students move from different greenhouse like as they go through their time at Hogwarts. So like each greenhouse is dedicated to like a certain level of difficulty or like level of plants or whatever you want to call it. And so there's like the first greenhouse and the second greenhouse and all of that stuff. I have a question. Do we know how okay. many greenhouses there are? I don't know, but I do think they correspond to the years. Like, I think they go to, like, greenhouse four and fourth year or whatever. Like, the one time that they mention it is, like, the number matches up with the, like, year in school that they are. But I don't know for sure. Yeah, the highest one that I can, like, actively, like, I know for sure exists is three, but they might have, like, four. 
Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. Like, it would make sense that they move to a different greenhouse every year, but also I feel like there should be more than just, like, seven greenhouses. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Some required books slash just books about herbology throughout the years were 1,000 Magical Herbs and Fungi, which I believe is like the required herbology textbook. Then there's Magical Water Plants of the Mediterranean, which is the book that Barty Crouch Jr. slash Moody gives to Neville to try and get him to tell Harry about gillyweed. And then Flesh-Eating Trees of the World, which I thought was like that that can't be from the books, and I think if like the source was Half Blood Prince, I think it was Half Blood Prince or Order of the Phoenix. It was mentioned in one video game, and then one was just a book. So that was interesting to learn. And then some equipment they've used throughout the years in class were earmuffs, dragon dung, dragon hide gloves, and moon calf dung. Um, so we love that. And then just some like information about the OWLs. The OWL for herbology does consist of a written exam as well as a practical exam. And Sprout takes students with E or high, <clears throat> E or higher. So if you get in and exceeds expectations, you can join her for the NEWT level course. And people we know to have gotten an OWL in herbology are Barty Crouch Jr., Bill Weasley, or Why? Why do we know Barty Crouch Jr.? I don't know. I did not look at the source on that, but I just copied and pasted it. <laughs> um, Was that from the Wikia? I think so. I'm so confused. Let me see if I can... Like, when does that happen? I'm trying to think of, like, when the context of that being mentioned Is it, be? like, when he gives the, the book to Neville? Oh, it might be. But, but, but how that, do we know if that's like, moody or... or yeah i mean there's no source attached to it if i click it it just takes me to barty crouch jr's like page this is on the wiki it's on the yes what it's on the so um, it's on the harry potter compendium wiki oh okay it's not on the harry potter the normal wiki yeah, I, it's, like, the same website, but it's the Harry Potter compendium. I don't know if it's, like, a separate, like, offshoot inside of, like, because it's still got, like, the fandom stuff at the top. Mm-hmm. So it's still a wiki, but it's just the Harry Potter compendium instead of maybe just the Harry Potter wiki. I don't know. Huh. Okay. I mean, it's fine. I just don't um, know why it, we know that. <laughs> I don't know why we know that any either. If anybody knows, let the me know. The source also... You know how sometimes on the wiki it's like, we can presume that since he knew about the book, yeah. the Mediterranean, or since he knew about Gilead. Yeah, it could be that. Like. Yeah. Or just like that he was like known to be a smart wizard or something like that. Yeah. Um, but Ernie Mac, George Weasley, maybe not Fred, which like, I don't know, I guess that they're not the same person, but it still is kind of like weird to think that one of them passed a subject that the other did not. The This wiki says Fred. Okay, so maybe both of them did. Um, Hannah Abbott, Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, Neville Longbottom, Percy Weasley, Pomona Sprout, and Ron Weasley. (laughs) Yeah, and I'll add that this wiki has, like, everyone who's ever been an Auror because... Oh, true. You, like, apparently need 
I need that. Yeah, I think we probably learned about that when Harry's talking about becoming newer. And, like, obviously, I would assume, like, Dumbledore got an OWL in Herbology and McGonagall. <laughs> probably Do they even have too. OWLs when Dumbledore was there? Like, yeah. Oh, please, probably. I don't know. It's like a standardized test. I mean, I guess, yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, there's, there's probably a lot more people obviously that have gotten you know <laughs> no, it's well. like, just I ass- those 20 people. i assume like luna and jenny did as well you know anyways um so then a little bit about professors that we know to have taught herbology so obviously sprout and then later we learn that neville becomes a professor of herbology which i found like when i was thinking about this it's very interesting because i think his profession is one of the few that's like book canon Mm. because all the other ones like aren't in the epilogue but they specifically say like I I guess I don't know specifically if they say herbology but we know that like he's a professor at Hogwarts yeah from the epilogue because Harry's like give Neville our best or something like that you know so that is one of the few slash maybe the only that is like hardcore like in book canon because I don't think that any of the trio talk about what they do in that epilogue no and Ginny doesn't yeah and I don't think Drake like Draco we just see I don't even like really we don't really talk to Draco at all that's a really good point because I feel like like Okay, we've talked about the Hermione thing and, like, how you don't yeah. think that's canon. But, like, and so, like, that's contentious, and I don't know why it's never, like, crossed my mind that, like, it should be contentious about Harry being an order and, like, the um, Ron, like, being an order and then and then being yeah. the joke shop. Like, and, like Ginny, like, Ginny being a Quidditch player and then Daily Prophet is, like, so, like, ingrained in my head. Like, that's canon to Yeah. Me. Like, especially because I like It's all just, one, like, extra you know? information. Yeah. But, like, Neville's is, like, actually in one of the seven books. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And then Audrey added a note, because I missed this, that Herbert Beery was mentioned in Tales of Beale the Bard as being the current um, herbology professor then. Because I think they talk about, like, him getting something for the production of Fountain of Fair Fortune. That would be my guess, anyways. Because Dumbledore talks about some teachers in that. He's the one that puts on the production. Yeah. So, now we're going to kind of go through the, like, curriculum of herbology at Hogwarts. And this is very much... Very little of it is book canon, I'll just say. Um, a lot of the stuff that I included is, like, from the Lego game or the video game or freaking Hogwarts mystery. Uh, oh, see, I didn't include any of that. The only stuff I included was book canon, so sorry. Okay. that's fine. <laughs> I included the other stuff, but just in lists. So, in first year, um, we actually don't see any herbology lessons in detail in the book. There's just, like... It's just kind of mentioned in passing um, once at the beginning, which Katie is going to read for the first mention, and then later um, Hermione, like, mentions herbology class when they're, like, going into the, through the devil's snare. Yes, Katie, why are you raising your hand? Is that, frick, what is her name? The woman who plays Professor Sprout, is she even in the first movie? Like, is she Professor Sprout in that movie? I don't even know who the woman who plays Professor Sprout is. 
If you tell me her name, I'll rec- like remember it. <laughs> Miriam Margoyles? Um, I was going to say Mariel. Like Miriam Mar- or something. Mar- Margolis. Margolis. Also, she's an icon. I support her in every word. <gasps> okay, wait. I just got some information about Miriam Margolis, but I will. Um... Do you also know the inform that same information about Fiona Shaw by any chance? Yes, I think so. Who plays Petunia Dursley. Okay, but I'm gonna share this thing that I just whispered to Katie, which you may be able to hear. I'm gonna share it later when I speak about something about Professor Sprout. Um. Anyway, Kenneth Branagh is trending. I wonder why. Oh gosh, is it good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> is he trending on Twitter? He's just trending like on like Google. You know when it shows, and I can never figure out oh, why yeah. people are trending. Does he have any news articles about him? Did he die? Oh my god, no. no I don't think he died. <laughs> it just says he's trending, but Ar- I think it's something to do with Army Hammer. Oh. Anyway. What is his connection to Army Hammer? I don't know. But they're both trending okay. and it like shows them together. Um, Miriam Margolies. Gol- what? How are we? I think it's Margolis, but Margolis. I don't. Like, I don't know. She. I'm trying to see if she was in. Credited in Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, she's been in a lot. Yeah, she's in Miss um, Fisher's Murder Mysteries, which I love. She's not in Highly Star. recommend. She's not okay. in Okay. <laughs> Was it my... Am I anyway. supposed to be talking? Yes. <laughs> uh, there's no herbology lessons in the first book. Um, I thought it was weird that there weren't any in the movie when we watched it, and then I retroactively was like, well, there aren't any in the book either. Um... But the one thing that we, like, really know for sure as book canon that they learned, at least, like, in passing, um, was about Devil Snare. I don't know if they, like, actually interacted with Devil Snare or, like, Hermione read it from their textbook, but she, like, knows the little saying about Devil Snare. So that's, like, the one thing we know that is maybe in the curriculum <laughs> first year. Um, and then just from like other sources from the Philosopher's Stone video game. You learn Venomous Tentacula, Spiky Bush, Bouncing Bulb, Puffapods, Molly with one L, Asph- <laughs> Asphodel, Dried okay. Nettles, Dittany, Wormwood, Mandrake Root, and Aconite. And then in the Lego game, you learn the Lumo Solemn spell to cast sunlight to get rid of Devil's Snare. If you've ever ridden Hogwarts, or Hogwarts, have you ever hidden, <laughs> if you've ever ridden Hagrid's Magical Motorbike Adventure. Stop spoiling things. I didn't spoil anything. We get it. You've ridden Hagrid's Magical Motorbike <laughs> Adventure. It's been, it's been available for over a year now. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> Do you want to oh, talk about second year? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize you were done. Um, so in their second year, we know that they studied mandrakes. This was a very prominent lesson in both the books and the movies. And this came in very handy because they obviously needed it in the potion to unpetrify all of the students and Mrs. Norris at the end of the year. We also know that they dealt with leaping toadstools, which 
is a magical sentient mushroom that can jump. So <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know what they were doing with these leaping toadstools, but that sounds great. Whatever. Um, they also dealt with shrivel figs, and the source on whether they were specifically Abyssinian shrivel figs <laughs> seems unclear to me, but there is such thing as an Abyssinian shrivel fig, and they were shearing them. And a shrivel fig is just like, I don't know, a bulb that like stuff can grow inside of. It wasn't interesting, so I didn't add it in here. Cool. They also learned to cast Defendo, which I thought was very interesting to be learning that in herbology class the severing charm but i just thought that was cool that you also teach so, us like spells yeah there is some foolish wand waving and in incantations in yeah that's true um so third year in the book um i think we only see one lesson or it gets mentioned once but they learn puff apods um which is a magical plant that produces large pink seed pods full of shining beans which instantly flower when they come into contact with any solid object. Hmm. So they instantly flower basically like unless they're floating in a liquid or Well, do you think that like the bean has to be specifically touched or just like the plant at all? You know? Mm, I guess the bean. I think it's the bean. It's like once but once the pod opens and the beans are like exposed to something yeah that isn't gas or liquid and then from hogwarts mystery you learn mandrakes valerian root dried nettles how to make plants grow faster using magic and how to defang vampiric vegetation and stink sap Mm. love that in fourth year, they learn the properties of bubo tuber pus and how to collect it, which coincidentally is used to poison Hermione's hands when she gets hate mail that she receives in the mail after the reader article was published about her. That's a whole thing we didn't talk about on the Hermione episode. Yeah, the hate mail. Poor girl. And just like, we, I guess we talked a little bit, but not too much about like her relationship with Crumb. Yeah. So then in fifth year, um, there's actually quite a bit we know that they learned um, in the book because I feel like so much of fifth year they talk a lot about what they're doing in class because the OWL year and like Harry's like, I have so much homework. Um, Yeah. So they write an essay on self-fertilizing shrubs, which apparently feed on flesh. Um, That's what the wiki is telling me. Screech Snap. They learned Screech Snap, which is a magical plant with the ability to move and make noise. And it's also semi-sentient and has the ability to feel both pain and pleasure. It's interesting. Um, They learned Fanged Geranium. Harry, like, they have to do this on their OWL and Harry gets a minor bite from one of them. And it's a magical plant with sharp teeth and fangs. The fangs can be used as potions ingredients. I wonder if the fangs are used as, like, poison ingredients like if they're toxic and then Mm. from hogwarts mystery you learn mandrakes again i don't remember learning mandrakes this many times in hogwarts mystery (laughs) you made it to fifth year the yeah i'm in fifth year now i'm almost done i god i like force myself to play because i really want to finish this damn game i just like want to say that i finished it yeah i'm doing like the bare minimum produced like I think, because like I they were like not all here. of the, 
Okay, because I was going to say, like, not all the years were rolled out at once. Oh, I hope you can get to seventh year. (laughs) I'm sure that if you can't now, like, eventually. Like, I think that they, like, were rolled out in, like, chunks. Okay. I'm pretty sure you can get to seventh year. Um, Yeah, I'm doing, like, the bare minimum. I don't do any of the side things. I just, like, try and get through the story (laughs) as quickly as possible. Yeah. Anyway, the other things from Hogwarts Mystery, um, the herbivicus charm, the Chinese chomping cabbage, gillyweed, which I actually just did, dittany, puffabod, aconite, belladonna, and ginger. In sixth year, they talk about venomous tentacula. They're green, spiky, they're a green, spiky, toothsome plant that has like arm-like appendages that reach out and grab prey. And Slughorn tries slash is successful in stealing some because he says that the leaves are worth 10 galleons apiece. Are you going to add this to the spreadsheet? I mean, yeah, I haven't gotten to sit like half-blood prints yet. I still haven't added the ones from Prisoner because I haven't had the time. But 10 galleons a leaf, like I feel like he says it like it's a lot. Like, But also it's kind of like it's per leaf. So if you can get like five leaves, that's like 50 galleons. Yeah. You know? So I don't know if he was saying, because it's like it's per leaf. So you don't know if 10 galleons he's making it seem like a lot or just like the per leaf part. Yeah, because like if you know what I mean like if I like picked up a flower and I was like, this is worth ten dollars and then there's a whole field of the flowers like that I can make a lot of money. Yeah. Like if there was one flower I might not bother. But Yeah. You know what I mean? So no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I get it. I get it. They also harvested snargleuff pods. That in sixth year. Yep. (laughs) And Harry doesn't go for seventh year because, so we don't know anything else. We are also Hogwarts dropouts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's, like, basically all we know about Herbology. I mean, I guess we could have gone more in depth on that, but a lot of it is just, like, outside of canon. So it doesn't really feel that much worth it uh, or worth it. Um... So, yeah. Yeah, I will say overall Herbology seems to be very closely linked with both potions and healing. Whereas, like, potions and healing are already kind of linked. So, if they're linked to one, it's kind of linked to the other. Like, it seems like the purpose of Herbology is harvesting ingredients to make things. Yeah. Such as, like, um, medical potions. Yeah. It doesn't seem like overall it's used for much else. I mean, I guess, like, you could kind of say the same thing for botany. Like, you study it just to know more things slash, like, find out if they're helpful in any way. Yeah, like, if you can eat them or if you can use them. Yeah. I will say, like, like, devil's snare seems to be kind of, like, an organism that you study where it's, like, maybe more, like, um... It's not an animal, but it's, like, more animal-like in the way you study it. Yeah, and, like, maybe venomous tentacula as well kind of thing. Like, I know that they, like, obviously are, like, useful in potions because that's why you can sell them. But they also are kind of animal-like because they are, like, have appendages and can, like, reach out and grab prey and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I also bet there's, like, I would totally buy there being, like, a magical garden, like, Oh, market, yeah. you know, so like, yeah, obviously, like, sprout, I mean, like the probably, large pumpkins, 
Yeah, but I think there's, like, I could see, like, people making money off of having exotic plants for the sake of having, or, like, having magical plants for the sake of having magical plants, not, like, for what they give you. Well, yeah, you know, like, like selling house like and, like, the derivative plums. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I have plants in my house, and, you know, like, people yeah. have gardens. So, Professor Sprout, we have basically the shortest fact file ever. Um, <laughs> there are four items. Her name is Pomona Sprout, and Pomona is well, the Roman goddess of fruit trees, gardens, and orchards. So, I mean, that's pretty spot on. And then Sprout is pretty dang on obvious. <laughs> um, one of my favorite, not one of my favorite, but I really like that meme that's like Dumbledore finding out that Sprout's first name, or what Sprout's name is. And then, like, hiring her, and it's, like, Aziz sorry, like, making that face from Parks and Rec. Um, <laughs> that one face that um, Tom makes, you know. Yeah. Um, also, this is my call for, I want people in our Facebook group to start just posting Harry Potter memes. Thank you. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say no to a good Harry Potter meme. <laughs> So, and then on the wiki, they posited that the, she could have been named by a naming seer because it's so, mm. um, so oh. apt. And I thought that was cool because we just talked about naming seers. And if you don't yeah. know what one is, go listen to our Trelawney episode. Yeah. <laughs> and then another little fun fact about Pomona Sprout's name is that until Slughorn was named head of Slytherin House... Uh, like following Dumbledore's death and Snape becoming headmaster, Sprout was the only head of house without an alliterative name. So, hmm. yeah. that we had seen. So, like Phileas Flitwig, Minerva McGonagall, and Severus Snape were all alliterative, which I thought was kind of cool because, like, I never really put that together, but it very much echoes the founders with them all being, yeah, like GGSS. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. She dared to be different. Uh, we love a trailblazer. <laughs> her birthday is May 15th, which I find it kind of interesting that we have a birthday for her at all because we just have no other information about her. And, like, not having a birthday is, like, kind of common, like, when, we, when we're doing these fact files. Yeah. Like, we don't have her wand, like. Yeah. But her birthday is May 15th, so, like, we don't have a year but it's May 15th. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the year we could maybe surmise a couple like different Like around dates. McGonagall? Yeah. I, but like, we maybe don't know when McGonagall was McGonagall. born anymore, so like... That is also true. <laughs> <laughs> so her house is quite obviously Hufflepuff. And I thought this was cool because we talked ages and ages ago about the houses symbolizing the different elements. And Hufflepuff symbolizes mm. the element of Earth. And I think because Sprout is the herbology professor and head of house Hufflepuff, we often uh, kind of conflate the two, you know, how we like think of like potions and Slytherins together. So I yeah. think it works really well. I also feel like what we know of her, even though it's like very little, is kind of similar to Helga Hufflepuff. Like she has serious Helga vibes. Um, I said mm. there's some serious founder energy there more so than the <laughs> other houses because like, I mean, I guess you could compare Snape to Slytherin, but like, Salazar Slytherin, but it doesn't really like we know so much more about Snape that it like doesn't really work. Yeah, Flitwick, 
Yeah. And then with Flitwick and McGonagall, they're both like the the a different gender than the founder of the house, so it's like less of an easy comparison to make. Um, yeah. But with Sprout, like we know that she's kind of like a small like kind of like squat woman squat woman and that's like like what helga was like and she has like some quotes throughout the book about like wanting to teach anyone who like will come to hogwarts and that's very much like helga's helga's mantra so i think i just have always felt that comparison really strongly yeah and i think like i'm going to talk about her teaching style a little bit later and um kind of she adds it's kind of one of those things like the chicken or the egg with herbology being so closely linked to hufflepuff house like is it because sprout is the head of house and her also mm. the herbology professor or like is it more or like was it a consequence already kind of thing you know yeah um but some titles that we know that she has had are herbology professor and head of hufflepuff house which we both already talked about so <laughs> Moving on to the first mention. Let me whip out my book real fast. So it is in Sorcerer's Stone in the chapter The Potions Master. And so, like, I honestly had no idea where to look for this because there is no herbology class, but we... And she wasn't mentioned in the first feast, like, in the sorting feast. But I know that she's mentioned, like, at the end. And I feel like mentioning her at the end with, like, no context would have been weird or like mentioning herbology with no context when it came to the room mm. and like the devil snare would be super weird but audrey figured out where it was and it's like harry kind of does a rundown of the classes that he's taking and this is when she's mentioned three times a week they went out to the greenhouses well there we go um it's like for real for real in the books three times a week they went out to the greenhouses behind the castle to study herbology with a dumpy little witch called professor sprout where they learned to take care of all the strange plants and fungi and found out what they were used for wow and then obviously herbology is we actually see a class in um sorcerers or in chamber of secrets so a lot of sprouts more like specific description comes from um pre- wow chamber of secrets why can i not say you're chamber really of struggling <laughs> i could not remember the name of the second book for a hot sec right there um, so a lot of the like more detailed description of her appearance like talking about the, her like gray kind of flyaway hair um here there was another great um her clothes were worn in patch she wore a battered hat um her this is my favorite her clothes were noted to almost always be covered in dirt and earth and her fingernails were noted to be so filthy that they would have made prim and proper petunia dursley faint in horror so i really like that and the, all of that comes from the lessons in chamber of secrets not in sorcerer's stone so all right, so another thing that we really had to stretch for is her personality type. Oh gosh, this is this was really tough. Literally, like so many random characters, people have typed, and there, I could only find one person typing her on the internet, and I wow. disagreed with it. Um, so I just I just went my own way. Um, honestly, you can come at me for this, but I feel like it like try and like make a case make a better case for a different one like you can't you could tell me it's a different one and I'd be like sure but like can you make a better case than the one I'm making here no we have so little information this is a really Hufflepuff type I think so I think a lot of the stuff I'm drawing on is very just like she's a Hufflepuff she must be like this 
and it's like conflating with my my vision of her as like a reincarnated Helga Hufflepuff. Uh, <laughs> so I have assigned her INFJ, which is the advocate. Um, and I partially kind of just wanted to do this one because we have only talked about it once on the podcast. And I feel like we've mm. been repeating a lot lately. And the one other character that has been assigned to this type is Lupin. That was a hot second ago. Yeah, that was literally like our third episode. So yeah, <laughs> I just kind of wanted to read about this personality type. And I think it's a really interesting one. Um, and I think you can make a case for it. So I don't know. Tell me if you think I'm terribly off base. <laughs> so advocates are the rarest personality types of all. So I guess it makes sense that we oh, haven't wow. talked about it. Um, still they leave their mark on the world they have a deep sense of idealism and integrity but they aren't idle dreamers they take concrete steps to realize their goals and make a lasting impact so i like talking about like idealism and integrity with regards to hufflepuff because i think like obviously integrity is a word that we kind of associate with like loyalty and dedication and hard working and then idealism has this idea that like the world can be a better place. We just have to work to like make positivity. it so. positivity. Yeah. And so I think that's a very Hufflepuff thing. And um, I liked the idea of, like, taking concrete steps and making elastic impact because, like, herbology as a subject is very concrete. You know, like, it's with your hands. It's not abstract. And I'm trying to, like... She's definitely not the, like, vision of a professor or an academic who, like, holds themselves up in their office and doesn't leave and, like, writes all of this really elitist stuff. You know, like... She's yeah. very, no pun intended, down to earth, like, <laughs> uses her <laughs> hands, hands humble, yeah. like, um, and so then I also thought that this idea of, like, taking concrete steps and making an impact is just, like, working with the mandrakes is, like, the one major thing that we, like, know is her and her alone, and, like, her, the work that she does is very much, like, for the greater good. Uh, I know that's a loaded phrase, but, (laughs) um, so advocates unique combination of personality traits makes them complex and quite versatile. For example, they can speak with great passion and conviction, especially when standing up for their ideals at other times. However, they may choose to be soft-spoken and understated, preferring to keep the peace rather than challenge others. So I thought this played in really well, um, with, Umbridge and what we see of her kind of going against Umbridge. So someone like McGonagall. McGonagall is the one that's always like, you know, that fierce Gryffindor standing up to Umbridge, not hiding how she feels, um, totally outspoken. But Sprout was way less outspoken, um, but clearly like disapproved of Umbridge. She just didn't choose to fight that battle. So she focused on her teaching, but also like she kind of, you know, like, there's a time where she gives McGonagall a look in the Great Hall, and she's like, what the fuck is this lady doing? Um, <laughs> and she also, after Harry gives the Quibbler interview, it talks about how all the different professors, like, found ways to support him, and she gave him, like, something like 50 house points for handing him a wa- handing her a watering can. Um, yeah. So, like, she does these, like, little soft, understated things but doesn't come out directly against her, like, doesn't stand up to Umbridge on her own. Um, But then, on the other side of that, it talks about, like, speaking with great passion and conviction for something, like, more important. And 
like Deathly Hallows, we obviously don't get to see her that how she teaches, but I imagine her being one of the teachers that like works hard to undermine Snape and the Carrow at every chance she gets. Um, but then in, in the end too, just the big thing is like participating in the Battle of Hogwarts and like taking that upon herself is something where like maybe she was more soft spoken and um, understated in the past when it wasn't like life or death, but now it's like okay. Like, this is, this is war. I'm going to jump in. So advocates generally strive to do what's right, and they want to help create a world where others do the right thing as well. People with this personality type may feel called to use their strengths, including creativity, imagination, and sensitivity to uplift others and spread compassion. Um, just the idea of, like, wanting to do what's right, create a better world, um, that's very puff like I think that the strengths like the creativity and imagination and sensitivity sensitivity can definitely be Hufflepuff like but the creativity and imagination are maybe more Ravenclaw um but I think the sensitivity just really came through for me um I'm imagining like her being sensitive to the needs of her students and we never see this firsthand but knowing the relationship that she has with Neville and knowing like Neville's love for herbology I can imagine um she's like very sensitive to his needs and like how to help him succeed um and I bet she's like a really great teacher in that respect advocates may see helping others as their purpose in life they are troubled by injustice and they typically care more about altruism than personal gain as a result advocates tend to step in when they see someone facing unfairness or hardship many people with this personality type also aspire to fix society's deeper problems in the hope that the that unfairness and hardship can become things of the past. I mean, that's like so Hufflepuff. I think the large scale of fighting Voldemort also obviously fits into like wanting to get rid of unfairness and hardship, but also I think it's a very like teacher-like thing to kind of like help students to try to help the world, you know, like do your small, quote-unquote small part um, to make the world a better place. I just think she's great. <laughs> Um, advocates may, re may be reserved, but they communicate in a way that is warm and sensitive. This emotional honesty and insight can make a powerful impression on the people around them. They value deep, authentic relationships with others, and they tend to take great care with other people's feelings. That said, these personalities also need to prioritize reconnecting with themselves. They need to take time, time alone now and then to decompress, recharge, and process their thoughts and feelings. Again, warmth and sensitivity, um, these deep relationships, a hint to my later section on her relationship with McGonagall maybe, and then taking time alone, like Trelawney is often depicted as being alone, but kind of in a negative sense, but I imagine like Sprout just kind of being out doing her own thing in the greenhouses and like liking that time to herself um, to kind of like recharge almost on here. Um, at times, advocates may focus so intently on their ideals that they don't take care of themselves. They may feel that they aren't allowed to rest until they've achieved their unique vision of success, but this mindset can lead to stress and burnout. Um, this just reminded me of like the Mandrakes in Chamber of Secrets, how she feels like looks and seems so overworked trying to get those ready and like she will not rest until the Mandrakes are ready. Yeah. Finally, we got strengths and weaknesses. So strengths, creative, insightful, principled, passionate, and altruistic. 
I think principled is actually a really good word to describe Hufflepuffs. Um, very, like, guided by your morals and, like, what's right. Yeah. Weaknesses, sensitive to criticism, reluctant to open up, perfectionistic, and avoiding the ordinary and prone to burnout. Eh. I don't really know if any of those super jump out, but none of them I'm like, that's not a thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think a lot of um, a lot of the stuff you talked about is kind of similar to what I talk about in this next section about like her teaching skills and kind of just her personality and her relationship with the students. Um, so just super quickly, she's the head of Hufflepuff House again. Um, I know we've talked about that a couple times, Wait, but <laughs> the head of what house again? Gryffindor. Gryffindor. <laughs> um, but just like overall we kind of have alluded to this slash maybe have said it outright she does seem to prefer to like hands-on teaching and getting dirty as opposed to lecturing um and kind of just talking at the student she really likes them to be actively doing something and every time we kind of see her she is also actively doing that thing she's not just explaining it to the students i.e snape's style of teaching (laughs) potions um she's like actively doing it herself as well she's showing not telling yeah yeah for sure and passionate was one of the strengths that we talked about for her personality type and i think that this is like so on brand for her i think she's super passionate about her job i think she's very passionate about herbology and like her plants i think she's also like just passionate about um like her students and kind of teaching them Um, one instance of this which I kind of alluded to earlier so she does use a lot like she helped decorate the Hufflepuff common room and she gives a lot of her the plants like her plants and her fungi or whatever to the Hufflepuff common room and so like that was kind of the chicken or the egg thing I was talking about and like they Mm. posit that because these plants are in the common room it's one of the reasons why Hufflepuffs maybe tend to be more skilled or thought of like more inextricably linked to herbology than any other house with any other class or do you think it's more of like plants and herbology just seem to be like a hufflepuff thing like they would have loved to have plants in their common room anyways and that's why they're more drawn to it um so i don't know interesting i don't know which is it way a it goes. hufflepuffs like herbology or herbology is in the hufflepuff common room and so like they just spend more time with it I know it's interesting to think about um she also seems like the kind of teacher that would like very much encourage exploration and experimentation with her students like let's just go like I could I don't we never see this in the books and it might be kind of reckless but I could also just imagine her being like okay like we're gonna go out to the forest today and collect like mushrooms from the ground you know like put on your hiking boots and let's go you know I just feel like that would be the kind of classroom she would like to cultivate in the kind of learning she would like to encourage like going out there and experiencing things firsthand and kind of not taking risks but not just sitting in the classroom all day and another thing is she also does seem to really care about her students some instances of this like with the cure for the petrification she like took that really personally and um like really tried her best to do as much as she could to help those students also in chamber of secrets it's mentioned that like when she finds out that a student was taken down to the chamber she like 
gasps and is like mm-hmm. super um, like affected by learning that one of the students is in harm is in danger. Um, I know this isn't with a student, but she does bandage up the Whomping Willow after Harry and Ron attack it in Chamber of Secrets. Um, which I thought was just really funny. I could picture her just like going and like caressing and like hugging the willow, like it'll be okay. Um, just like being super caring for that. She also does go out of her way in a couple instances to praise Neville um, when she's speaking to Barty Crouch Jr. about his abilities. And then I think also she does mention that like Neville got it an O. I forget what the circumstance was, but I do think that she mentions that Neville got an O in herbology. Um, and I think that she does that to kind of like praise one of her favorite students, but also just to give Neville a confidence boost because uh. I think she does know that like maybe he's not the most confident or he's maybe not as good in other classes as he is in herbology. And she just like sees the passion within him that she wants to kind of like fan the flame for that. Yeah. So I, does think, I do think that that is intentional on her part. Um, she also um, talks to the Diggories after Cedric's death um, because Dumbledore says that she knew him best. I think that it's kind of implied that they had, that she has like a closer relationship with maybe her students than some of the other houses. There was a quote, I, this is the reason why I didn't add this in here as an actual note is because like it's kind of un, what's what I'm looking for? unverified I don't know um but it talked about like how she was maybe the most nurturing of all of the heads Mm. of houses to her Mm -hmm. students which I mean like we don't like we could I think that's a really good like not guess or like assumption to make but I don't know if there's any concrete proof of that um but I do think that she was probably maybe a little bit more nurturing than maybe Severus Snape I could I could say with full confidence Maybe just a little bit. Flitwick um, is, I feel like, is more, like, academic in his support. Yeah. And, like, McGonagall is stern, and we see her be really nurturing, or, like, want to be nurturing with Harry, and I yeah. think that's specifically because of, like, his situation. But I could see yeah. Sprout being that way for all of the Hufflepuffs. Yeah, and I do think, like you mentioned earlier, there are some quotes from her kind of alluding to the fact that, like, she'll teach anybody she you know, mm-hmm. very Helga Hufflepuff-esque. But I do think that, like, she's also, like, she's not a, she's not a pushover teacher by any means. You know, she, like, is, like, she does kind of, like, call out her yeah. students sometimes and, like, chide them when necessary. Like, she calls out Draco a couple times in Herbology, which, like, I always live for in those books because, like, some of the some of those quotes I think are so funny. And, um... I feel like one time Harry might be late to Herbology or something like that. I don't know. I might be making that up. Oh, but like she's, because she, of Lockhart. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say, I think, like, I remember that happening. She, like, calls him out on it. Um, she, like, she she's very nice and she's very nurturing and, like, she obviously loves what she, do, what she does and um, tries to, like, support her students, but she's also kind of, like, doesn't take any nonsense in the same kind of vein. Mm-hmm. Um honestly she just seems like a great teacher to have like honestly maybe one of the most fun teachers that you could have um because you don't want a teacher that's like a pushover and you feel like you don't have to do any work in your class you like want a teacher that will motivate you to do the work and like obviously loves what she does because then like you can she like shares that passion with her students and just like honestly seems so fun in my opinion yeah I think she's a great teacher I think like it's hard to come up with flaws, you know? Yeah, I mean, we do know, like, so little about her, too, yeah. so. Yeah. 
Okay, so I'm going to talk about her relationship with McGonagall. Um, so we do know from, like, the Pottermore writings on McGonagall that their time as students overlapped by two years. Um, and it's said that they enjoyed a great friendship then when they were students and later when they taught together. First off, this is kind of strange because, like, that would mean a first year and a sixth year slash a second year and a seventh year from different houses were close friends. Yeah. I just don't know how that, that happened. Um, yeah. But also, who do you think was older? I feel like McGonagall, like, you just assume that she would be older because she's got, like, the more, like, stern personality, mm. you know? But I feel like, I feel like Sprout might have been older. Because I could also see somebody, uh, like, a Sprout who is a seventh year mm-hmm. befriending a second year more than I could see McGonagall as a seventh year befriending a second year, you know? That's exactly what I think. Um, Because, like... I can't see seventh year McGonagall going out of her way to befriend a second year, like you said. A second year Hufflepuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, I wonder if, like, when we know McGonagall is the oldest, but, like, I wonder if, like, Sprout had, like, a younger sibling who was around McGonagall's mm. age or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, or I could see her, like... I like we don't know this, but it we might it might be like an educated guess to say that she was like a prefect or a head yeah. girl, and yeah. like maybe she just like came into contact with McGonagall like doing those duties, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I was originally just gonna talk about their friendship, and then I was talk <laughs> about their ship. So <laughs> this is a romantic ship, um, and I'm like kind of on board. I had never really thought about it. I think I had seen like I had seen it before but never like thought about it or dug into it and like I thought it was just a random thing that like maybe one person put on a post but this is actually like a pretty popular ship um I'm here for it the re- the thing I was gonna say earlier or the thing I found out earlier which I may have known before is that the actress who plays Sprout is um queer and it like comes up when you google Pomona Sprout actress it comes up in like the like little blurb it says like about her like coming out to her mother but she's been with the same woman um Heather Sutherland for like over 50 years and this woman is like a retired professor and they actually were separated during quarantine um (laughs) just given her whole personal life but anyway just a rundown sounds really cute um we love a queer icon yeah but I really think I think that it's been a while since I've gone on a rant about queering Harry Potter so I'm gonna do it but I just think that this is like (laughs) this would be like some cool representation and I'm accepting it as headcanon I like it so much better than like McGonagall marrying that weird man um <laughs> what was his name it, um it has such a weird name elfinstone elfinstone urquhart yeah um i just think it's like kind of like i feel like that's some great like badass like older lesbian representation there yeah i was gonna say it is like older women too so that's like something you maybe don't see as much in popular popular yeah. culture to begin with yeah i think it's really cool um and like 
it totally makes sense to me. Um, so some instances just of like their friendship or their relationship, we don't know. Um, <laughs> throughout the book, I alluded to this earlier, but when Umbridge gives her speech at the like welcome feast in fifth year, they kind of like catch eyes, just bestie things or knowing glands. girlfriend things. Well, was it for um? What is what is the thing with Sirius and Lupin like fourteen lines or whatever 40, it is? Like how long was forty-seven lines? lines there? Or forty-seven something like lines. That. <laughs> I think it's forty. It's like thirty. It's like close to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and then Sprout is also there when McGonagall stands up to Umbridge about Trelawney. Like Sprout and Flitwick are kind of the two that help escort Trelawney back to the castle. Um, yeah. Which I think just the three of them too would be great friends. Um, <laughs> not Trelawney, no, Flitwick. <laughs> well, I thought you were, I thought you were going somewhere else with that, but whatever. <laughs> um, I imagine Sprout being, like, a lot more soft-spoken and privately being very supportive of McGonagall going against Umbridge, but personally not wanting to be outspoken herself, like I talked about earlier, but I can imagine her being, like, when it's just the two of them, or, like, she, like, McGonagall does something, and she's like, good job, you know, she's like, I'm with you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Speaking more about, like, her resistance against Umbridge, I think she kind of, like, she saw that McGonagall was taking on the role of being, Mm -hmm. like, the more outspoken, and she's like, okay, I need to be less outspoken, so, like, I'm not as much in Umbridge's, like, bad book, so that, like, I stay here. Yeah, she's like, I'm supporting you, but I'm going to make sure one of us is still teaching here. (laughs) Still here to, like, protect the students, you know? Mm -hmm. Because she was, like, privately, obviously, against Umbridge and, like, did little things and, like, still taught her classes the way that she saw fit. Yeah. Um, And then when McGonagall wakes up the heads of houses um, in Deathly Hallows, Sprout arrives with Flitwick and Slughorn to find her dueling Snape. And then they have, like, kind of a nice moment when McGonagall says that, like, they have to fight like they're going to fight Voldemort is coming to Hogwarts Flitwick says something he's like a little pessimistic he's like you know we won't be able to keep him out forever and Sprout says but we can delay it and McGonagall's like thank you and it's just like that little bit of support <laughs> in and like optimism and like we're gonna yeah. do whatever we can that I feel like and captures like what I imagine their friendship their relationship whatever being is like McGonagall yeah. kind of going out and doing things and Sprout obviously powerful strong woman in which in her own right but also just being that source of support for McGonagall because I feel like McGonagall like really spreads herself thin Um, yeah I just think that like in that sense they have a lot of complementary traits um that would work in a friendship or a relationship (laughs) I can see them like going to enjoy Quidditch matches together and like talking about students and just generally like being close friends because like a lot of the other professors are men too mm-hmm. um like Trelawney. especially like the core subjects like a lot of the um like elective subjects because like the astronomy i guess astronomy is an elective but um like the muggle studies professor was yeah. a witch charity burbage the um sinistra sinistra is a woman one. yeah oh really yeah i think so and then there's another there's another one um, like either ancient runes or not ancient runes what's the other one um numero no the one the one that's like that though what is it it's not numerology but it's yeah is it numerology it is numerology no 
Arithmancy. It's not a class. Arithmancy. Arithmancy. Yeah, yeah. I think she, I think the professor of that is a witch as well. Okay. Yeah, but I feel like the main ones are like. Yeah, no, most of the like core subjects are men. So I can see them like having that like special connection. Fighting against (laughs) patriarchy. (laughs) We love that. So yeah, I don't know. I just think it's kind of a cool, I'm like fully headcanoning this ship. I support it, and I also just think that they have, like, a nice relationship outside of that, too. Yeah, I like that. I've actually never seen that, I don't think. Not that I, like, remember. Yeah, I think I remember seeing it, like, far down on lists when we were looking up ships to talk about on our fanfiction okay, yeah. But, because I saw it, and I was like, oh, wait, really? And then I was like, no, I've definitely seen this before. But then I, like, actively looked at it and, like, looked at some of the Tumblr posts, and it was, like, cute. Hmm. Cute. Um, so for the where are they now, we don't really have any information, um, as per this episode. (laughs) Um, we know that she fought in the Battle of Hogwarts and she survived. And then we also know that at some point before the events of Cursed Child, Neville either joined her as a professor, like joined the herbology department, because we always hear talks of like department and head of department, but we only ever see one professor. Um, so I think like in Hogwarts mystery or in some form of other media, it is stated that Neville joined her as like an associate professor, and then she left later on. Like in 2013, Neville joined as an associate professor, and then by like 2019 or whenever the first events of Cursed Child happens, like she's gone or something like that. So either he she he joined her or he took over for her at some point mm-hmm. before the events of Cursed Child. Cool, and that's it. So then, um, from Calling All Witches, she's described as knowledgeable, humble, and fair-minded. I like that. Humble and fair-minded are, like, very obvious Hufflepuffs and things. I like how they put knowledgeable in, because, you know, she's a smart lady. She is. And then, her cocktail is actually (laughs) non-alcoholic. We hate that. (laughs) (laughs) just kidding so it is professor's pineapple pop um it has Mm. really no reasoning for why this is her cocktail it says depending on green no it's yellow Mm. it says depending i can see yellow depending on your taste you can add more or less soda water some people enjoy this in a (laughs) collins glass with an extra dollop of honey and soda to fill it is one teaspoon of sugar one tablespoon of honey Two parts of pineapple juice, soda water, a coconut slice, and ice. Mm. I think mm. it sounds disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I will say pineapple things. Like, I do like a person. good pineapple cider. And pineapple high noons, if anybody's ever had one of those, like, real good. But, yeah. I would just rather drink a pineapple high noon than that drink. <laughs> Fair. Hi, my name is Larry, and I'm a Slytherin. My name is Justin, and I'm a Slytherin. And together we host the Here's Johnny podcast, where we take a look at horror movies, TV shows... Oh, and games. We also have had amazing guests on the show that are directors, producers... And don't forget writers, Twitch streamers, and other podcasters. Yeah, and you can also check out our show every Monday. Just search Here's Johnny Podcast in your podcast app of choice. And you can always follow us on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast. We are sure you will find an episode you will love. 
maybe just like Ollivander's wands, an episode will pick you. So for the pop quiz today, it is, what is your favorite magical plant or fungi? <laughs> we like talk about how it's always like plants or fungi. And I think there's like literally one instance of fungi <laughs> when we went through the list of classes and like known curriculum. Yeah. So on the Facebook group, we had a couple people answer and said maybe the mandrake in the movie, they are so ugly that they're kind of cute. And, like, I <laughs> agree with that assessment, Anne. Yeah. Um, and then Justine said Gillyweed, which I feel like it would be a popular one. Yeah. Um, I really don't have much of an answer. Neither do I. I, I like guess I'm a bad Hufflepuff. The Leaping Toadstools, those sound fun. Those do, those do sound really fun. I think I like Dittany. Um, I really like the healing purposes and like medicinal purposes of Dittany. I also really I like the word really cool. like Dittany said in yeah. a British accent is really nice. I think it's a very pretty word. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I also I Gillyweed, I feel like I need an honorable mention just because it's so iconic in my favorite book. So yeah. shout out to Gillyweed. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Alright, so you can find our episodes pretty much anywhere you got your podcasts every other Tuesday. Um, make sure you go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We just got a couple more um, really nice ones just this past week. So And nice. Katie hadn't seen them yet, so I made her read them before we started recording. Yeah. And I could just see her lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank you to everyone who's left a review. It really helps us. Um, please go do that on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and then you can follow us on social media and get ready for our big live podcast <laughs> event. Um, this, if you're listening to this, close to date of release this Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. And the way you can find that, it, we're going to go live on Instagram. I think tentatively that's our plan. It just what is what makes the most sense for us. So you can follow us on Instagram at Wizard Studies Podcast, and you can also follow or you can join. You can join our Facebook group at Wizard Studies Podcast Group. We're also on Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter as Wizard Studies. Sorry, I did that out of order, and so I was, like, really thrown off for a second. You can also email us at wizardstudiespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want in on that awesome extra episode every month, make sure you um, become a patron. Check out our tiers. Go on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com, and I think it. I think there is, like, we have an address. Like, it's patreon slash, like, Wizard Size Podcast yeah. or something like that. But you could also just, when you go to patreon.com, go in the search bar and click and search Wizard Size Podcast, and we'll pop up. Yeah. All right. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, just do your best, we'll do the rest. And learn until our brains all rot. Bye.